Welcome to track number two of The Islands Shall Wait For You. to be here today. What a blessing. Thank you very much. Lift your hands and let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and this wonderful camp. The island shall wait for you. We are asking, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Minister to our souls. Amen. Strengthen us, Lord, Amen. for the great work that is ahead. Amen. We give you thanks and we give you praise. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. a blessing. Please take your seats. Thank you for your wonderful welcome. It is good to see you all again. Isaiah chapter 42. Thank you. Please. I beg you. I beg you. 
I beg you, please. Please sit down. Thank you. All right. Isaiah chapter 42, please. Now, God has a great impartation for you in this time. Amen. Amen. When you come to the house of the Lord, all right? You must expect um, the Lord to speak to you and to appear to you. Not just to speak to you, but to appear to you. Amen. Amen. What do you think? It's a good policy. First Samuel chapter three and verse twenty one says, And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh or Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh or Shiloh. By the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord. God revealed himself to Samuel. By the word of the Lord. God revealed himself to Samuel. By the word of the Lord. So God is going to reveal himself to you by, by the word of the Lord. Amen? Do you believe that? Hello? Yeah. So God is going to reveal like it's like it's like you are going to have like a vision. And how is that vision going to come? By the word of the Lord. So the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Now Shiloh is where the Lord appeared again. So everyone who reads the first part would think that it was a vision or it was a dream. But if you read the second part, it says, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So as the word of God 
comes to you. All right? Danny, are you ready? Danny boy, all set? Not yet, okay. Um, as the Lord appears to you, he's going to appear to you by the word. That's all you need for the Lord to appear to you in this um, meeting. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm so thankful that you are happy to see me. Um, because I'm also very happy to see you. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Now, another thing that is going to happen here in this meeting, apart from the Lord um, appearing to you, is your personal advancement. Your personal advancement as a person in every area. In every area. First Samuel chapter 12. Verse 6. And Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron, and that brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron. In this meeting, God has selected you personally to advance you. Hallelujah. You'll advance in every aspect of your life. Not even one area of your life will be left out. It was the Lord that advanced Moses. You are advancing in this meeting. That is the work of the anointing and the work of the ministry. 
God, by his power, advances those who are stuck in the mud. Zechariah chapter 11. Verse 16. For lo, I will raise up a which shall not visit those that be cut off. Mm. Neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that that standeth still. You see, <laughs> anyone who is standing still in one, one position, you are standing still. Maritally, you are standing still. Hey! Financially, you are standing still. As you were in 1997. That is the same place where you are standing still there. Spiritually, you are standing still. You've never been a shepherd before and still you are standing at the same spot. But he shall eat the flesh of the fat. And tear their claws in pieces. He was talking about a bad shepherd. Well, the verse before says, the instruments of a foolish shepherd. This is a shepherd who cannot solve the problems that befall sheep. And one of the problems that befall the sheep is they can, can be cut off. They can be young. They can be sick. So they need to be healed. But one of the problems that you notice is standing still. Huh? Whatever aspect of your life is standing still. I prophesy you out of that position. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You no more be standing at the same spot after this meeting. The prophecy you believe is the one that will happen practically in your life. Or you don't believe it. Ezra. Chapter 6. And verse 14. And the elders.
elders of the Jews builded and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet. They prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. They prospered through the prophesying. So, as I prophesy over you, to you, and about you, you will prosper through that prophesy. Look at it again. The elders of the Jews built it. And they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edom. You will prosper. Whatever your hand finds to do, you will prosper in it in Jesus' name. They build it and finished it. You finish whatever you've started. I said you finish whatever you've started. You finish whatever you started. You finish whatever you started. You finish whatever you started in Jesus' name. Because God has sent me to prophesy to those that are standing still. It was the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron. God is advancing you in this meeting. Amen. Sit down. Now, in the past, you see, there are many ways you can receive a word from the Lord whenever the Lord speaks to you. Can somebody move this master seat chapel? Move it back. And this one too. Move it so that it doesn't block the views of the people, right? You can't see them. Uh, uh, we can put it behind this one. Higher. Put it higher up at the back. Yeah, just put it behind. Put it behind. You... No, no, listen. Listen, I said, behind here. Behind. behind here. Go behind. Go upstairs. Put it there. Nicely. All right? Yeah. Why not? 
Wonderful. Now, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships. Now, these are places you should know. And that's why you must be in Israel one of these days. Amen. You'll be there. Amen. And he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. When he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the tent. Now, there are many ways to receive a prophet. When a prophet comes by, you know, Jesus came and asked the disciple, you know, can I use your boat? Some people would have said, this man, you don't work. We are working. We are working. You come around just talking, you want us to to just give our boat. Do you know what is involved in moving a boat? Huh? Do you know what is involved in moving a boat a little? You don't work. We are we are working. So you can have a negative attitude towards a prophet when he comes to you. you see, all these are thoughts that come to people's heads. We are busy. We are working. What are you saying? And then after that, he tells you, cast your um, net on this side. He said, look at somebody. He doesn't know anything about business. He doesn't know anything about mortgage. He doesn't know anything about living in, in Europe. He doesn't know anything about living in the UK. That's how people think and that's how people talk. He's come from Africa and look at what he's saying. This is how people talk. And you see, instead of receiving the word of the Lord, it rather becomes, that's your opinion. That's what you think. That's not what I think. And that is why many people have not benefited from the prophesying and from the ministry of the prophet. Because if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet or as a prophet, then you get the prophet's reward or the benefit. But when you receive it, that's your idea. That's what you think. 
Look, we are busy here. You can't tell me cars on the left and on the right. Left and right doesn't have much to do. It's not about the left side of the boat or the right side of the boat which is going to make a difference in fishing. You are even your background is carpentry. You are not someone who is into fishing. What do you know about such things? This is the attitude of people and you find that it does not lead to prosperity. God's word led Peter and his team into great prosperity that they couldn't even handle. And it's a reality. Going fishing all night and catching nothing is something that happens because of the curse. Coming to London or coming to wherever you've come to and working all years and years and having nothing. It's a reality. And having very little to show for all the hard work and all the sacrifice. It's a reality. So it's time to rather change our way of receiving. And not receiving. So this is a carpenter who's turned into a pastor. This someone doesn't work, doesn't know much about this, doesn't know much about that. And start to believe in the prophet's that God has given to you? Because if I'm not a prophet to anybody, I'm a prophet to you. And, and you will see that, you will see that the things that I have said over the years, you, see, you know a prophet by, sometimes not, you can't know that he's a prophet till he's even gone. He's dead and gone. But you are supposed to, the, the, the final test to know whether somebody is a prophet or not is whether what he says happens. Oh, has happened. This is what the Bible says. There is no other way. Yeah. So what he said, it has happened practically. Yeah. This is the way to know that he's a prophet. Yeah. And I've been prophesying to you here since 1993. The first prophecy was that this church is going to be built. As we stood in Chalk Farm in a, in a little flat. And I said, we are going to build a church. It's going to be a mega church. God is going to use this church. We must be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, if not the biggest congregation here in the UK from immigrants, whatever. Yes. True. And we, 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 we don't even allow, we don't even allow people to come to the camp. Some of the people. Because I know that like the first love people and they are, not allowed, they, are, they are not allowed to come. I don't know some of them have. They are not allowed to come. One or two. Yeah. Who would have thought that we have a problem of finding a, a hall to meet in? Yes. So, y- your time to start listening in another way is the way you listen to somebody that works, but it's not what the person is saying. It's how you are receiving what the person is saying. Whether you think it is worth, it's, it's prophetic or it is powerful. And if you receive it in that way, it, it becomes a blessing to you. Amen. The Jesus who couldn't do miracles in Mark chapter 6, because they said he was a carpenter, he was this, he was that, he was that. A few verses later, he was raising Lazarus from the dead after being dead for four days. 
So there was such power, but the power is not received because of the minds that we have. All right? God has blessed me through certain people. And I realized when I analyzed myself as a child that I received them absolutely and totally. I could believe that they, they, they are saying anything wrong or that it's, it's maybe, oh, the man is a choleric or he's, a, he's melancholic. That's why he's saying that. Or it's because of this that he's saying. He's a man. That's why he's saying those things. You know? So it's very important that you prosper through the prophesying. And the predicting and the guiding and the prompting that comes from the Holy Spirit through God's prophets to you. Amen. Amen. By a prophet, God brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was preserved. Amen. Amen. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, was he preserved. So God uses his prophets to bring his people out of Egypt. God used Moses' prophet. And there were many ways you could look at Moses. You could look at him as a teacher, a president, a prime minister, a lawgiver, a parliamentarian, but you could also look at him as a prophet that God was using to bring a group of people out of a certain condition and take them to somewhere higher and better. And that's what God is doing for you in this meeting. Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah 45. Don't be worried about these Old Testament um, verses. The whole Bible is for us. I want you to see something there. Beautiful. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leave gates. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. And I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. But the verse I'm looking for is verse 3. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. Now notice, money which affects all of us and which most of us are looking for desperately is called in this prophetic scripture a treasure of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Put the scripture back there, please. Yeah. I want, well, look at it. Treasures of darkness. You see, the money in the UK is a treasure. But it is 
hidden in darkness. You can't see exactly where. You may think you are going to work in the bank. You are going to get it. But when you go there, you see that it's not coming to your hand. Then you see it's called hidden. It's given three names here. Treasures of darkness, hidden riches. Riches that are hidden from you. All right. Not that easy to put, place your hand on something hidden. And then it is called riches of secret places. Even you, you, you small you without so much money, your money is hidden in a secret place. Is it not true? Do you just leave all your pounds lying all over the place? Yeah, don't do that. You've hidden them in secret places, in dark spots, with passwords and other things, and pin numbers. <laughs> secret places, treasures of darkness, hidden riches. People don't show what they have. It's like when you go to do an exam, you finish and everybody comes out. How was the exam? So, uh, it was okay, it was okay. Meanwhile, you did very well, but you just say it was okay, it was okay, it was okay. You hide. When it's a good exam, you hide it. People have hidden their riches. And that's how money is, is hidden. So you may arrive in America, you may arrive in the UK, you may arrive in anywhere, and say, yes, I'm here. I've arrived on with my parachute and I'm here to take what I can take. But after you've been here for some time, you'll find out that you may be walking through Trafalgar Square, you may be walking through the beautiful buildings and you wonder where is the money? But I will tell you that each tall building you see, it belongs to somebody. Belongs to families, belongs to people, inherited things. And their inheritance laws are such that you must leave the wealth here. Yes. It's not that easy to place your hand. So it is God who gives the power to get what I tell you. I honestly, and you know, I started preaching some of these things when I was in my 20s. I'm now in my 50s. And I tell you that the riches are hidden. They are hidden. It's not just there. If it was just there, it's just, I'll do my master's, I'll do this degree, I'll do this. You may do degrees. You may do many things. I tell you, if God doesn't hand it over to you, you can't have it. I remember one of our members, he went, he, was, he had a chartered accountant, uh, he was a chartered accountant, and, a, and then sim, ACCA, SIMA, and a PhD, and an MBA. And they told him, you are too qualified, because he kept on doing more degrees in the hope that each degree would take him nearer the treasure of darkness. But the treasures of darkness are not giving themselves up. 
They are hidden. They are not ready to say, I surrender to you because you've come. So, you must respect things that are in this world. It's not as simple as it looks. Yes, it's not as simple as it looks. And you need God really to help you in this life. And you need to escape from the curse. You know, I have a book. I don't know if it is here. Um, what is it called? Yeah, neutralizing of curses. I don't see it here. No, it's not here. All right? So, how you can neutralize a curse. One of the curses in the world is the curse of, on Adam and Eve. That in the sweat of thy face, you shall just have only bread. Not even rice or bread. <laughs> hey, not even meat, bread, just bread. No meat. You're going to sweat and sweat and sweat and just have bread. That's why we work for so long and so hard. And there's very little. Few people break out into a certain realm. But God, following God, is the master key to Prosperity. Amen. Following God is the master key. When I say prosperity, I mean doing well. Doing well. Whenever you speak about prosperity, you know, you must always know that you are speaking about something that you, you can call a snake. You say, you are going to receive riches. Amen. It's like saying, you are going to receive snakes. Because the snake can be very valuable. One snake is expensive to, to buy. But dangerous. The venom, you know, the venom is, is very rare now. Uh, what is this people? Red Cross, they used to, they were making, the, they don't have the venom, anti-venom for a lot of the snakes now. They ran out of it. Especially the, the African ones. <laughs> How many of you have watched Rambo, Rambo 4? Rambo was, the work he was doing was catching snakes and taking the venom out. It's big business. One, 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 one vial is 300 euros. Yes, 300 euros for one, one, one shot. Like that. Multi snake anti venom, multi for Mozambican spitting cobra, Egyptian cobras, black mamba, green mambas, the mambas, the cobras, the vipers, all combined 300 euros. Yeah, so when you are getting money, you must know that it's also something that can kill you. And destroy you. And you have to think of it in that way. 
When you think of it in that way, you can handle it. Money has spoiled most people's lives. It's spoiled by money. And taking decisions based on money. I rarely take a decision based on money. All my life and my ministry. Because of money. <laughs> you can offer me thousands of dollars. I won't come back. There are people that offer. offer I know what they are offering me. I don't, I don't bother. I cannot follow a very bad master. Yes. My, my service is to God and not to mammon. Yes. Hallelujah. So, in this uh, period here, you are going to hear, as you've been hearing, nothing new in that sense, but you're going to be hearing the word of the Lord that is trying to extract you from the path of the curse. You see, years ago, when God called me to serve him as a young person, became a pastor when I was 25 years old. And one day I was having my quiet time. And you see, the Bible says, like I read to you, the word of the Lord appeared to Samuel, the Lord appeared to Samuel by the word of the Lord. So the Lord appeared to me, but I didn't have a vision, by his word. And he said to me, give yourself wholly to my work. Wholly. 100%. Now, it's like I was standing right there, and this is the road that everybody walks on when you are going out, and the Lord was saying, go this way and that way. And everybody, all my 55 classmates have gone this way. And everybody I know has gone, and the Lord said, go this way. I had a choice. Should I go left? Should I go here? You see, the voice of the Lord is the voice that leads you to prosperity. But most of us reject that voice. And we have just to walk like everybody else. Frustration. Frustration. Frustration multiplied. Multiplied. Debts. Most people who say they are doing business are just professional debtors. They are up to their noses in debt. If you owe 40 billion and you own, you own 20 billion, are you, a, are you a rich man? You are worth 20 billion and you owe 40. Zero is far bigger than minus one million. Far. You know, one of the things, one of the characteristics of Satan is things that don't make sense. If you look at some of the things that are going on in Europe, you even wonder whether the people have, are they thinking normally. You tell a 10-year-old child whether he's a boy or a girl, 10 years, you, you think that you are just imagining. You can't believe that it's happening. And you can't believe when it comes to debt that people really think that zero is smaller than minus one million. 
as long as I owe nothing and you are covered up to your eyes in debt, I'm, I'm richer than you with my zero, with my zero. <laughs> but you see, people don't think that. They will tell you, hey, you know, it's not like that. You see, you come from Africa, so you don't. Stop talking that way. It has led you nowhere. It has led you nowhere. It has only, led, it has only made you like Peter was about to become rich when Jesus came to him. He just said, oh, but you, what do you know? Oh, you are this. Oh, this and that. And that. He was just bringing him prosperity. God only wanted to prosper me when he was calling me to the, that was all. He only wanted to bless me. Do you think if I was a doctor working at the polyclinic, when I came here, you would be happy to see me? No, I mean, how many of you go somewhere the people are happy to see you? When you go to your workplace, are they happy to see you? <laughs> God only wants to bless you. Amen. 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 And are you going to allow him for some time now? Just say, Lord, just bless. take over my life. Hold me and cuddle me and just I mean, accept me. Amen. Amen. So in this meeting, look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Who is my shepherd? The manager of Northwest Bank is your shepherd. Telling you what to do and telling you what is the right business deal to do. Huh? The Lord. The Lord. Never reduce God to staying in out of the practical areas of your life. God is the best advisor for you for marriage, for business, for prosperity, for everything. So when God is saying to you, give your life to me, he's trying to bless you in your marriage. He's trying to bless you financially. He's trying to bless you in every way. That's really what he's trying to do. Don't interpret it in any other way other than God loves me. God wants to do something so wonderful for me. This is the only way you should think. The Lord is my shepherd. I've accepted him as my leader, my shepherd. He's going to say here, hey, all of you this way. Hey, you, come. Hey, come, come. It's only good. The next thing is I shall not want I mean, let's ask ourselves, what is the direct result of the Lord being your shepherd? Let's ask ourselves, what's the direct first result of the Lord being your shepherd and being able to show you this way and show you this way and make you do this and make you do that? What is the first direct result of that? I shall not want Huh? 
Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's just instant. I shall not want. But I thought I would want. When I was going to, when I was obeying the Lord, I thought to myself, I shall want for the rest of my days. I never thought I would ever come back to come to England again in my life till I die. Yeah, only that I was prepared. You see, I love the Lord and I prepared to sacrifice anything for him. So I, 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 I didn't know that all these were blessings of following the Lord. God, God has not been advertised to me as something beneficial. It's somebody to serve and somebody to love, but not some, somebody that when you follow, you get anything. That's not how I've known God. Just love him, just serve him. I've not known him as somebody that when you follow him, you know. I find it almost a little difficult, something a little difficult to sort of accept. My mind that something when you do, you will be blessed, you will get something, you get that type of Christianity is a new thing. What I knew was that if God says this, that's what's important to do. So when he said to me, This way, I knew that was it. Finish. Finish. And thank God for my wife. She just followed me humbly like a lamb. Humbly. Let's go to poverty. And she came along. (laughs) I pray God will give you a good wife. Now, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. When you follow the Lord, which is what I want you to do in this meeting, you will lie down in the midst of food. You see, green pasture is food for a sheep. You will not know the cost of a hamburger. Today, I don't know the cost of KFC. Nor do I know the cost of a Big Mac meal. I don't know what it costs. I am surrounded by hamburgers. If I want one now, I know 1,000 people who will buy me. <laughs> I am lying down in the midst of the green pastures. Right now, I'll get more. I'll never know what it costs. The hamburgers will be all over. Everything will get finished in the, in the McDonald's. But I remember the days when I used to stand in the McDonald's and look longingly at the different things that were displayed over there. I said, what about this? What about this one is 238. This one is three pounds forty. This one is four pounds thirty. So four pounds thirty. When I take out the fries and then I add the drink and I subtract it, is the meal better than the? Hey! I don't know if there is anybody who has experienced that. Here before. 
<laughs> he makes you to lie down in green pastures. It has been years since I knew the cost of food. God has blessed me so much that I don't know what it costs. And my wife doesn't harass me or ask me anything about food. Some of you are quarreling about Tesco's. When you are going to Tesco, you are going to Sainsbury's. It's a whole beast in the house. The shopping days, that, buying this, wasting this, wasting that, wasting that. Today marks the end of going around in circles. of lying down in the midst of all this food. The Lord is my shepherd. Allow him to be your shepherd. Allow, allow him. Allow him to lead you. You know, when I was coming here and I was asking the Lord, these people, Lord, what am I going to tell them? The islands shall wait for them. You see, you don't know even know what it's about. But it's about some island somewhere. Don't resist the shepherd. Open your heart to the shepherd. Yes. He only loves you. And only wants to bless you. Lie down in green pastures and by still waters. That is Coca-Cola, milkshakes, water, tea, coffee. I mean, whatever you drink. It will be plenty. You can know the cost. One day, I was in Korea in a Hilton hotel. I think, I think it was a Hilton hotel. And I ordered a glass of juice, orange juice. Because we, we were to order whatever we wanted. So I was just ordering. <laughs> I was lying in the midst of waters. Drinking whatever I wanted to drink. So one of the days I was signing the, the bill, you know. Because they said, well, just sign whatever you. And I looked at it. One glass of orange juice. Some of you would have done shopping for a long time with this one glass of orange juice. You'll be in nice places. 
about two weeks ago, a week ago, I arrived in Israel. And I was taken to, I was met by at the plane. I didn't even know that. And they put me in a car. All the passengers went this way. <laughs> and they put me in a car. And they took me. We drove through the planes under, you see, Boeing 747, big one, we drive, left right under the planes going all the way. We came to a place. There was a lift in the wall. They pressed it. And I went in. <laughs> yes. And I found myself in a different place. So you are welcome, sir. I didn't know why they were calling me, sir. But I was the only person then. There was nobody. They just, and they put me at a place. Sit down. Yes. I never, all, I went to him. I came. I never saw the airport. I never saw what is the airport. But I, I went in a plane. I didn't, I didn't see where the effort was. <laughs> you will be in nice places. Yeah. Now, when I, when I sat down, I was immediately surrounded by green pastures and waters. You see, your life will be surrounded by what to eat and what to drink. Yes. Have some of this. Have some of this. Have some. Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? You want this? I said, okay, give me some of this. Uh, what about this? I was just drinking the still waters and eating the green pastures. But a sheep eats green pastures. A sheep doesn't eat, I mean, meat. So when he says that you will lie in green pastures, it means you will not struggle for food. You see, which, which is to lift you above the case where in the sweat of thy face, you will go to Sainsbury's in the sweat of thy face. Sainsbury's, you will be there sweating. You will be, cal be calculating. I will not buy this rice because it is two, one pound more than this one. I'm buying this fish because this fish is 12 ounces more than this one but one pound less hey calculations you'll be changing phone companies i want to switch from this phone to this phone because the data here is cheaper in the night and this one is less after 8 p.m and between 9 o'clock and 8 a.m I'll get some free. You have three phones because of that. In the morning, you use this phone. In the afternoon, you change to another one. Sit down. I don't know why you are standing here. Why are you standing here? He restoreth my soul. Your soul is your mind, your madness. Your madness is healed. How many realize that sometimes there's some small foolishness in you? How many realize that it's coming to church that is curing the foolishness that is in your soul? He restoreth my soul. Yes. 
the spirit, the soul, and the body. Amen. And your soul is restored. Amen. Most ladies <laughs> listen, don't say I am a man. Oh. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Say you are my prophet. I receive what you are saying. Most ladies have their beauty ahead of their minds. The beauty is in front of the mind. The beauty came, grew faster than the mind grew. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So you become beautiful like a flower. Wow. And you attract all kinds of insects. Yeah. Long before the mind or the soul is developed. But the Bible says, when the Lord is your shepherd, when you allow yourself to be led, he, he restores your soul. Yes. One day, I met a certain sister. And there was a brother who wanted to marry her. But she did not want to marry him. Now, she was much more, I, I don't know what English word to use, but forgive me for my wrong English, because it is the wrong English that I can find at this time. <laughs> she was much more plumpier. <laughs> Forgive me for the wrong English. Than the brother. <laughs> yes. All right. Now we are we are inventing words. <laughs> it's a word. She was more plumpier. So if she's standing here, the brother can fit into her. So, are you listening? You have to listen carefully. And I said to her, this is a good person. And I told the brother, do you love he said, this is what I like. He said, I don't like anything else in this world. This is what I like. This is what I want. Yes. Shh. 
quiet. But still, she said no. Quiet. And I said, you see, your body is advanced more than your soul. More developed than your soul, than your thinking. And it takes a shepherd. He restores. The shepherd restores your thinking, corrects your thinking. So you, are, you are being silly. Thank God for shepherds. You, whatever spot you were in before this camp meeting started, you'll never be found at the same spot again. Hallelujah. Now, eventually she listened. And, and, and you see, thank God for shepherds. Thank God for shepherds. He, he helps my mind. He restores my thinking. Think. If you don't have a shepherd, your mind. Wow. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. When I was coming here, there was a, line, a queue of young men and young ladies. I don't know where they were going. I've not seen such a queue in England before. Where, where are they going? Do you know where they are going? They're queued up outside some building. Is it a, is it a club? A very, very long queue. Those of you from Birmingham, I don't know. What are they going to do? If the queue goes... Fat, it turns left, it turns right. I mean, the queue is the queue is an independent queue. That is just a nightclub, concerts, young people, all colors. They're out there. Many don't know Jesus. Where would you have been today? You would have been in that queue. There were people just like you in the queue. All, every color was in the queue. Brown, black, dark, coffee, everything. You were all there. White, everyone. <laughs> Are you not glad? Look at you in the church today, this evening. You are happy to be here. Wow. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If you are part of humanity, one day you will need to be comforted. If you are part of this life, one day you need to be comforted. Thank God for shepherds. Try hard to listen. One day, one of our sisters' husband died. And I, I was talking to her. And I told her, I said, one day you will laugh again. 
One day I came by the office, I, I heard her laughing loudly. And I said, remember I told you that you will laugh again. One day you, you will laugh. You can't see, imagine how you ever laugh in this life again. But one day you will laugh. And one day, another person's husband died. And I was standing with her, and I, the new person whose husband had died was with me. And I said, ask her for advice how to. I was just to tell her what to do. I mean, you have been through this. And I thought she was coming to give certain principles of how to go through, how to be a widow and how to, you know, six steps of five strategies. I was, I was holding the new, new widow, newly, she had just become a widow. And she just gave the most amazing advice. She said, do you see the hand that is holding you? And suddenly I became aware of my hand. I was not aware of my hand. Okay. She said, that hand is all that you need. That hand is holding you. Wow. So don't throw away the shepherding role that God is having in your life. Amen. Amen. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, one of the commonest prayers of people is for the enemies to die. <laughs> hey! Some of you, if your parents don't want you to marry someone, say, oh Lord, let my parents die so that I can marry. Or, if your boss is harassing you, you pray, oh Lord, let another take his place. Let his children be fatherless. Or your landlord. Or your landlord's wife. Or your own wife. You'll find people praying. One brother said to me, this year, something will happen. And he meant that his wife would die that year. But listen, people don't easily die. People don't easily die. People live. Because God has brought us here to live. So there is some minimal living that you have to live. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you may think your enemy will die, but rather you have to learn this master principle of being able to be with enemies and, 
enjoy. Do you get what I'm saying? Psalm 110. Psalm 110. The Lord said, to my Lord, verse 1, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 2, and the Lord said, shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Rule thou. So, In the midst of your enemies, you are supposed to learn how to dominate and to rule. Not when they are dead. Sometimes the death of your enemy brings a worse enemy. Very, 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 very serious changes can come about when people die. So sometimes the person living is a blessing. All these people, Saddam Hussein and Gaddafi and all that, since they were out of the world, you know, there's more confusion than ever. More. You may have thought that this is a big problem, but the going away of that one, another thing is coming. So stop focusing on your enemies. The person that you feel this, you know, all my problems are related to this person. Jesus, strike him. Look, Jesus is not going to strike anybody. Would you like it if somebody were having a death wish? Lord, let you let you die this month. This must be your last month. Would you be happy with such a prayer? It's not a nice thing to, to pray for somebody to die. Rather, learn how to do two things. One is to rule and to dominate and to persevere and persist in the midst of the enemies. And number two, how to eat. Thou preparest a table. How to eat where the enemy is. So, whatever difficulty there is in the UK... God is making you to be able to rule in the midst of your enemy. And also to be able to have a good time right here in the midst of your enemies. Without anybody having to die. Nobody needs to die for you to be happy. For you to do well. Rule down in the midst of your enemies. Nobody has to die for you to be happy. We are happy. Are we not happy here? There's no stress here. We're happy to be in church. And there are many enemies all around. There are many things that don't like the church, that don't want the church, that don't want Christianity, that don't want your life, that don't want your presence, that don't want you to be around. But you must enjoy, learn how to eat in the presence of your enemies. Some of you are so overcome by your marriages. You can't even function because of the situation that you are in. And it's not 
easy for your husband or for your wife to die. He wouldn't, he would be very sad to hear that you were wishing that he, he would die or, or she would die. So you made a mistake. You made a mistake, so stay with the mistake and rule in the midst of the mistake. Can I have an amen from somebody? Back to Psalm 23. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. God is anointing you even when you don't expect to be anointed. So in this camp meeting, you are receiving the anointing of the Lord. Verse 6. Surely. All this comes from the Lord is your shepherd. Uh When when you have a shepherd, you become anointed. Yeah, you become anointed. Even prayerless people are anointed. Even prayerless people are anointed. When you have a shepherd. Because the shepherd's presence just covers up for so many things. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, in this meeting... You are going to hear the voice of the shepherd again. And what is your duty? Listen. Follow. Don't argue. Don't say that's your opinion. Don't say that's what you think. Don't say you are from Africa. I am far more, even if you say I'm from Africa, you know, I am far more multi-international than any of you sitting here. Sometimes I can be in four countries in one day. Yes. In one day I can be in four. Sometimes I can be in four different countries in a day. Yeah. <laughs> you are stuck in the mud here and you say you are international. You will never be stuck again in Jesus' name. Amen. How many are ready to listen to your shepherd? Sit down. (laughs) You see now. (laughs) Now. Following the Lord. Following the Lord. 
following the Lord. I, I need us to follow the Lord. Amen. Following you. There's a song like that. Following you, my Lord. Yeah, come and let's, let's sing it. I know. Mistakes have already made because hope is living inside me. I believe that my debts are paid. To rest in you now, I know I can make it. I've made a vow and I'm not gonna break it. Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you. I'm following you. Following you, my Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you. I'm following you, following you, my My friends who are serving you, Lord, all the grace that you're sharing is enough for what I must do. So to rest in you now, I know I can make it. I've made a vow and I'm not gonna break it. Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you, following you, following Guidance and direction where to go. 
His will is what I need, His perfect will. As I spend so many hours in the presence of the Lord, I calmed down and began to hear His voice. The lovely voice of God, your tender voice revealing the mysteries of your will at the crossroads of my life. No other voice compares, oh no, it's the sweetest sound my heart has ever heard, the lovely voice of God. Spirit and turn into me when he spake to me. The words he spoke to me, they were spirits, they were life. The visions and dreams, oh, how they turned my life around and gave direction for my ministry. I rose up from my knees There was a mantle now on me I had found grace for my two words And I will never, never be the same The lovely voice of God Your tender voice revealing Crossroads of my life, no other voice compares. Oh no, it's the sweetest sound my heart has ever heard. The lovely voice of God, the lovely voice of God, your tender voice revealing the mysteries of your. Crossroads of my life, no other voice compares. Oh no, it's the sweetest sound my heart has ever heard—the lovely voice of God—the lovely voice.
I will be a shepherd to those who need a shepherd. I will follow up those who I must follow up. I am gonna visit those who are waiting for my visit. I am gonna seek for those, those who need the Lord. I am gonna seek the lost and dying sheep. I'm gonna join the army, the army of the Lord. Yeah, I'm gonna join the army of heart followers. I am gonna follow heart, cause I'm a heart follower. So follow with heart after thee. Yeah. And I rise. Will for my life today. 
Christian men attending church and I believe that truly love the Lord but there was a day I went to church and the preacher spoke to me he said Jesus says if you love me keep my words my commands listen to my voice Jesus really needs to know
Hallelujah. Please sit down for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 42, which is what I started telling you. Then I went into all these other things. 
Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighted. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Now, this book of Isaiah is one of the most anointed books in the whole Bible. The books in the Bible are different, and um, they are all anointed, but some are more anointed. Isaiah is perhaps one of the most anointed. Jesus quoted from Isaiah more than any other. John the Baptist also quoted from Isaiah. Not just quoted, but preached their messages. Some of the messages Jesus preached, we all think they are Jesus' messages, but it's actually Isaiah's preaching that Jesus copied 100%. And everybody thinks it's Jesus, but it's actually Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me as an... It was Isaiah who said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. <laughs> People don't know how to take messages and make them real and alive. Instead of flowing in the anointings that are there, people are trying to invent things that cannot be invented. So Isaiah 42, very important for us, behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect. Now in this meeting, I want everybody here to dedicate himself to be a servant of God. Yeah. If you don't take anything away from this meeting, please go away from this place as a servant of God. That's all. I want you to be a servant of God. God wants you to be his servant. And the prophecies that are there about God's servants are too powerful to ignore. Very, very powerful. Many good things are predicted and prophesied about people who become God's servants. So it says, I put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment. He shall not, his, his cry, he shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard. All right? In the streets. Amen. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged until he has set judgment in the earth. And the isles shall wait for his law. The island shall wait for you. The isles is the islands. Shall wait. I can see the island shall wait for you out there. Somebody has put some nice palm trees. <laughs> England is an island. 
shall wait for his law. God will not change his mind about his will. Isaiah 51. Turn with me. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock from whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit from whence you are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, and thanksgiving, and the voice of melody. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from thee, and I'll make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near. My salvation is gone forth. My arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me. And on my arms shall they trust. The islands are mentioned here again. The islands shall wait upon me. And on my arms shall they trust. So here again, you see the second time Isaiah prophesies about the islands of this world that are waiting and are going to wait for the word of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 60 is the third important passage where you find the prophesying about the islands. Arise and shine for thy light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes, run about and see all they that gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from far. Thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee and the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they come from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Nebioth shall minister unto thee, and they shall come up with acceptance upon thine altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these that fly as a cloud? And as the doves to their windows, surely the isles shall wait for me. The islands again are mentioned right here. The islands or the isles shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified thee. This is a prophetic camp and I want you to receive prophetic words. Everybody here, listen. 
Bible says it was the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron. God has only good plans for you to advance you. I say God has only good plans for you to advance you. God has only good plans for you to advance you. Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee and into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then came Jesus and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ asked his disciples to go into the whole world and preach the gospel. Listen, the islands, make no mistake, are not spiritual islands. They are real physical islands that are on this earth. (laughs) They are not spiritual islands. Real islands with real people. Of which there are many islands. An island is special because it is surrounded by water and it's not so easy to get to. Even a healing Jesus crusade, we have gone to many places now and we are just about to have begin our campaign in Mozambique. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we wanted to go to Madagascar, which is an island, and we have encountered so many problems trying to go to Madagascar. Just because Madagascar is an island, like it is quite isolated, and you have to cross the water. So to cross the water with our equipment, our trucks, and all the things that are necessary, 100% essential for the crusade. We don't have any extras that we don't need. We cut everything off so we have bare, bare essentials. To do that and cross the seas, it's more difficult. So it has made us have to delay a bit as we build up the things that we need to cross the sea with. All right? And we need ships and other things that we haven't used before, really. So, so, so the islands, the demons on the islands are very happy. You know? Because when we went to Senegal, when we went to Senegal, all these places we drove. We drove. We drive everywhere, and we will be showing you a couple of films uh, to, um, for you to see. You know what is happening. But the demons are very happy. When we were in Senegal, the island we wanted to go to was um, Cape Verde. You know, and the demons they were very happy that we couldn't come there 
because we couldn't get a ship to go to Cape Verde. All the ships come from Europe and come through Cape Verde to West Africa, but will not go the other way. Do you understand? And, you, and all the ships are container ships. You can't drive on and drive off. Roll on and roll off. It has to be a container. You see. And in Madagascar too, they said we can't drive on the left, right hand drive like they drive in South Africa. So all our trucks that drive on the, that drive like, um, like America and the right, are in West Africa. And the ones in South Africa drive like here in England. And Madagascar said they will never allow a car which drives like how you drive here to come there. So, so many problems. But the demons that are happy should better fasten their seatbelts because something is going to hit them. Hard. Now, the islands represent the distant lands and the difficult places that God has called us to. Listen. I cannot find anything more worthwhile to do than to just follow an instruction from God. Just do what he says and stop thinking. In my small world, when I have people who can't follow instructions, they don't flourish in my environment. They don't flourish. Because they are not prepared to follow commands. And all of us must follow the command of God. And as we follow the commands of God, I don't know how. But what I know is that it takes you out of the curse. Because the cursed path is the path for all human beings are operating under the curse of Adam and Eve. We are all the children of Adam and Eve. We are all sweating just for little bread. But if you hear the voice of God say this way, you shall hear a voice from behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Then it means God is trying to extract you from the ways of common men and elevate you to a higher dimension and a higher level of existence than the existence of an animal. And a normal hustler in the UK. I cannot find anything more worthwhile to do than to listen carefully to what he says and try and do it. And I see him saying, go to the islands. So, all of us here, God wants you to take your eyes off your personal life. You see, to be a servant of God is to serve someone else's interests. Not your interests, but his interests to carry out his will, his purposes. What is he trying? I mean, if I'm a, if so, I have somebody who is a servant. The person doesn't do what he wants to do. When I'm in the house, he does what I am. If I'm going out, he has to do what I need to go out. If I'm eating, or he has to do what he has to do with what I am doing, not what he is doing. So I'm watching television. I can't uh, see to you. You must be joking. You will no more be a servant. You've lost your job. You can't tell God you are watching television. 
If you hold on with this uh, island issues. The last camp I, I, I had here, I think was called, Why Are You Not a Missionary? Is it not true? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not so? Is that not so? Was it called, Why Are You Not a Missionary? Yeah. Some of you don't understand prophecies when you are hearing them. God is asking, why don't you want to prosper? Why don't you want to do well? Why don't you want to be blessed? You will be struggling with the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places till you die. If you don't obey what God is telling you to do. I thank God that I became a pastor and preaching up till today. I thank God. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that that's the road that I chose. I'm happy that I chose that road. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you, don't expect things that make sense. To hear those things from God. Because you are nothing. Who are you? Ask your neighbor. Who, who are you? You are nobody. Hmm? God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. So great are they. And we are so small. When I was in uh, Italy, Lago Maggiore is called. Lago Maggiore. I saw Jupiter again. It was, Jupiter was out. Jupiter is out now. Eh? I saw it in Israel. It's here. I don't know if it's here as well. You see, like a dot, it's just like a little bright light. When you take your binoculars and you look at it, you see the characteristic of Jupiter. Right there. Amazing. Galileo saw it in the 16th century. He pointed the first telescope at Jupiter. They could see all these things without telescopes. <laughs> and we are so small. The earth is... The Jupiter is 1,000 times bigger than the earth. And it's so such a dot like that. With moons going around 58 moons. Some of the moons are bigger than the earth by far. <laughs> they would have actually been called planets, but because they are also going around a planet. That's why they are not called planets. They are not going around the sun. If they were going around the sun, they would have been called a planet. But they are far bigger than the earth. And it's so far. You see it as a speck. In 1977, they set off from NASA Space Agency and flew millions of miles to um, Jupiter. 1977. You see, human beings haven't known where we are for very long. 
During the Second World War, when England was fighting with Germany, Hitler developed rocket science. At that time, we didn't have, there were no rockets, but he had developed the V rocket. He just didn't have the time to use it before he was, he was executed, he was killed. All right? But when America invaded England, uh, invaded Germany, and England invaded, America invaded, they arrested the man who made the rocket and his whole team, about 100 of them, and took them to America. And he became the director of this NASA space agency. Yes. <laughs> and the Russians also came after the Americans and took all the pieces of the rockets and everything from the factories and took them to Russia and went to analyze them. And then they all started seriously working on the space technology, the rocket science. And shortly after 19, by 1950, look, not long ago, they sent the first rockets up with cameras. Are you listening? With cameras. And the rocket would explode up there, but the cameras would take pictures. Is there a problem at the back there? Is there any problem? Is there any problem, gentlemen, at the back there? Are we doing something that we shouldn't be doing? Security? Okay. The doors are open. Is there a reason why the doors are open now? Right. So just around 19, I'm, I'm trying to show you something. When the rocket went up, then they took pictures of the earth from up there. And for the first time, they saw that the earth was round. <laughs> just 1950, that's when they really saw that it's round. Is it not amazing? Not long ago. And then after that, after that, They've been developing these rockets, and it was in 1977 that they were able to send a rocket to Jupiter. If I had that video, I would show you here. When you see Jupiter, when they flew by, fly by Jupiter and filmed it, you'd be amazed. More amazing was two years later when they got to Saturn, and you see the rings, beautiful. And all these, these are far bigger than the Earth, far away. God made them. And he doesn't care that you haven't seen it before. I mean, human beings have never seen all these things. And he doesn't care. It was seen in 1977. No, 79, when they got there. It's been there all this time. He doesn't bother at all. It's like you are nothing of nothing times nothing divided by nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. And it's amazing how proud we are. And then, this Voyager rocket is still flying, by the way. Its fuel will get finished in about in some years' time. But it has gone beyond. When they got to Neptune, it saw it with another platform planet blue huge blue beautiful 
and the stars. But the most amazing thing is when they got to uh, Neptune at the end, and then they turned the cameras back to take a picture of the sun. And what had happened to the sun? It had become a dot, a star. Not knowing that the sun is one of the stars. Oh, you don't understand the technology yet. I'm saying that we are the earth. Okay? This is the sun here. And then you have Mercury, Venus, then earth. Then they flew from here this way. They've tried going this way, but it's very hot towards the sun. You wouldn't want to go that way. And the moon is also very hot, 180 degrees. The moon is very hot. When they went to the moon, you touched. Hot is 100 for temperature for us. 180. 180 and minus 180. When the sun is shining, when it's cold. You wouldn't want to to be on the moon. So they went towards Mars. Then Jupiter. And they keep going. Saturn. Like this. Amazing. Just 1977 that they found out. And it's the Europeans and Americans. They found all these things. It's amazing that they rather will not retain God in their knowledge. Are you there? And when they came this way, then they took a picture of the sun. And it had become a dot. One of the stars. It's one of the stars. It's our star that we are near. You don't understand what I'm saying. I saw a picture of the sun from the end here. Look at a star, just like that. It's one of the little stars. It's, It's one of the smallest stars. Smallest. I don't know if you have a picture. If you have the patience and you are interested, when we go outside, when we go outside, I'll show you the stars. Regal. Regal is outside. It's in Orion. And uh, Betelgeuse is a yellow super giant. If you put Regal, Aldebaran, Betelgeuse up there, you see the sun is like a small boy with a little marble there. And then you see the, the stars. Massive. If you are to take an aeroplane to fly British Airways over one of the stars, like Betelgeuse, it would take you 1,200 years to fly over the surface of the star. Just your crossing. That's how big the star is. To cross over, a, a plane takes one day, 24 hours to cross the earth. It will take 1,200 years. Do you understand 1,200? Like, how old are you? 40 years, 30 years, 50, 40 years, 60, 70 years, 80. To cross the surface, 1,200 years. That's how big the star is. You are nothing times nothing divided by nothing. Over nothing times nothing to the power of nothing. But amazing, amazing, amazing is the distance of the stars from here. The nearest star, apart from the sun, the nearest star is called Proxima Centauri. Yes. And it is 4.5 light years. What is light year? Not, it's not a year like January 2. January 2 is not a light year. A light year is how, when it's going at the speed of light. So when you see it, 
and it's 4.5 light years away. It means that it's taking 4.5 years for the light to come to you. So when you see the star, Proxima Centauri, 4.5 light years away, it means you are seeing what it looked like in 2013. So the blink you see, the twinkle, that's how you see a star. That twinkle is 2013 twinkle that has just reached your eye. Now, if you have the patience to see Orion outside, Orion is the easiest one to see. It's always there. Most, of, most places you see Orion. If you see Orion, it has these two stars, Regal and uh, Betelgeuse. Regal is... 863 light years away. That means when you see Regal twinkle, it is from 1150 something that it twinkled, it one twinkle like that has traveled at the speed of light before you are seeing it today. It's 1150 something. I mean, just do the 2017 minus 863 or so. Yes. That's how far it is. Huh? And Betelgeuse is the yellow one. one. One is blue, one is yellow. When you look in the sky, you see one is yellow, one is whitish, bluish. Betelgeuse is 650 years. Light years. The nearest star is 4.5 light years. And if you were to take an aircraft and fly at the speed of 55,000 kilometers per hour, British Airways flies at 1,900 kilometers. Malaysia Airways sometimes flies 1,000 a bit fast. You know, you know, going a bit too fast. I don't know if they've slowed down now. But a couple of times I was on, on board, they were 1,000, 1,100 kilometers per hour. Most of them are about 900. Yeah. If you were to drive 55,000 kilometers per Per, is it kilometers per minute or per hour? Per hour. 55 times the speed. It would take you 80,000 years to get to the nearest star, Proxima Centauri, the one which is 4.5 light years away. Huh? Yes, 55,000 kilometers per hour. Not, not a British Airways speed, but at the speed of 55 times. You can check it when you go. You see what I'm, what I'm telling you is a story. These are not discovered by Africans. Who, these are discovered by <laughs> Europeans and Americans who say that there is no God. <laughs> is it not amazing? <laughs> That's how long it will take you to get to the nearest star. 80,000 years. The Bible was written 6,000 years ago. Jesus came 2,000 years ago. It would take 80,000 years to get to the nearest star. Flying at that top, 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 top speed. That's the top speed that they, 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 they used two years to get to uh, Jupiter. So Jupiter is just our neighbor. Jupiter is our neighbor. I mean, he's one of our friends, colleagues. Now, God made the sun, the moon. 
The, the son is nothing to God. In fact, in Revelation 19, I think verse 17, he says, he said, and I saw an angel standing in the sun. One of, he sent one of his angels to, to stand on the sun. This fire explosions. Look at it. I saw an angel. Why do you take your scriptures off? Who, who is doing that? Where, where were you trained? I saw an angel standing in the sun. Look at it. Yes, it's the, it's the, this, these are his creation. These are his toys. And when, when such a God says to you, go to the island, then you'll be saying, look, listen, God, you don't know what is happening here. You see, here in the UK, you know, we are into this and we are doing this and we are doing this and we are doing that. Huh? In the UK, you know, you know, dear Lord, you know, I don't think you know what you're talking about, you know. Wow. God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. He's so great. I've been a Christian for so many years, serving the Lord and working in the church. But now I have a greater passion to love my Lord. God made the sun, the moon, and the God stars. God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. God is so great, yet He seems so far. When I talk to Him, it seems that He doesn't even. How can I love God whom I cannot see? Wow. But this is my dream, the goal of my life. So take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. All my days I give to Thee. To love You. To love Want to serve without loving you. Beautiful. Sit down. Listen. We are ending in a few minutes because we've, we, are, we are supposed to leave the hall by 10.30. So we have to leave out of this place. But listen. Listen carefully. Are you listening? I can't hear. My, I can't hear. Power, power, power. Listen. God is so great. We are nothing. We don't even know why we are alive. We don't know when we will die. We can't even determine when we will die, when to stop living, when to continue living. We can't. De- we are. I don't know what greater than chickens we are, who don't know when they will be eating as KFC in the next, the next for unforeseeable future. They will be eating up. Hey! And this our God who calls us and says, "Be my servants." Why wouldn't you just say yes? Uh, yes, please. I'm ready to serve you, Lord. Huh? You want to struggle with God? No. So all my life I've been preaching about this. People think I'm mad. 
People think, you know, this man is uh, coming to preach to us, kill yourself for Jesus. And for this man, there is only souls and what have you. The souls, is, that is where your life is. Your life is in being God's servant and being close to God. That is your life. Your everything is in following your God. I'm telling you. People have always thought I will become poorer and more reduced. But no. God is blessing me every day. Yes. And I believe that if we as a church here, I don't know why God wants this message for you because I have a thousand different things I could share with you. But I believe that God wants us here in the UK to lift up our eyes above these issues that we have here and see far where where what God is saying to us to do. God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus. Hey God, you are wild. I say human beings and we are the most wicked apart from demons. I don't know any group that are more wicked, rebellious, disobedient and mean some way people know than us. <laughs> apart from demons, devils. Many of us have a light shining in us. God will use you and your life will change. You see, when he says, rule down in the midst of your enemies, what God is telling you is that many of the enemies are even going to start taking vitamins and get stronger. (laughs) They're not dying now. How to be on this, in this earth? There will always be problems. But how to rule in the midst of problems? It's not that there are no problems. Sometimes if you know the problem that somebody has. But by serving God, you rule. And God helps you. And God blesses you. One day I shared a problem with somebody. The person's only response was to burst out crying. And the tears came out vertically. Like they came vertically to me. (laughs) I've never seen tears going horizontally. I say horizontally. Because you see, you, when you see somebody working for God, you would think that, oh, this person hasn't got any problem. There's no enemies. And the way pastors preach also sometimes, you get the feeling like, I mean, he's never seen any kind of, I mean, his life is the smoothest life of all lives. Hey! Yes. But the way to rule in this life is to take his yoke on you and do his will. That's all that I've done, tried to do, sorry. That's all that I've tried to do with my life. 
is to take his problem, his burden. His creatures that he's created don't like him again. His people that he made in his image, they are insulting him every day. They are finding more things that he has made, more wonders, and abusing God every day. God is abused by men. Will he not find a few people who will love him and serve him and give their all to him? Can't he find some few people in you? What else will it take in this life for you to yield yourself to him? What else do you want? So as I look at myself, I look at people who didn't want to obey God. What, what is the difference? We are all eating, finding food. We are all drinking. We are all living. There's nothing else. You can't get much out of this place. And I tell you, this is your chance. God's word for you is become his servants. Become his servants. Yes. You know, that's why sometimes you are surprised at the people that God uses. Like they don't look as good as you think they should be. You know, one, one, one somebody wrote to me a letter and he said to me, you, Mr. Bishop man, you are supporting a man of God who is divorced. You know, and you are honoring somebody who is divorced and you are uh, spoiling the morals of the church and this and a lot of good English words, I tell you. You'll be afraid of such English letters. But I say that, you know, you who are so good, you don't want to do anything with God. You don't like God much. You don't like his church. You don't like his work. Sometimes when people come up with something, say, this one has done this one. I say, look, it's true they've done this. That Jacob, I loved. Esau, I hated. Jacob, the thief, and all these bad things. I like him. I like him. You can hardly find people who give themselves to love God and to serve God. But at this coming meeting, you are going to give your life to serve him and to love him. Ready at 40. Ready at 30. Ready at 50. Ready at 60. It's just a matter of time before your death, your impending death will be announced. Did you know that? Eh? Yes. Either your death or your impending death. It is a matter of time. Yeah. Is that what you want to guide you in this world? No. It's time to give ourselves wholly. Wholly. To his will. God is so good. I don't know what God is like. But to have an angel who can stand in the sun. No, the other day I was watching a video of the surface of the sun. It's just nuclear explosion. So, nuclear explosion. It's like it's several times a nuclear bomb. The kind of explosion, and you can actually see it from the earth. You are not supposed. Don't look at the sun; or it will burn your eye. But they they had a way of looking at. It. You see the explosions on the surface. And it's so strong that a wind is blowing from the sun. The, the explosions are so long that it blows a wind. 
to the earth. So the, the sun doesn't just produce heat, it produces wind that travels so far for millions of miles and it comes to the earth. The aurora aurealis at the North Pole. You see it. You don't know much and you are resistant still. You're still rebellious. <laughs> How many are going to give yourself to? Look, if God says, I want you to be a Spider-Man, well, why don't you just accept it? Nothing else. Be a Spider-Man, learn how to climb trees and try, climb walls. That's all. Whatever he wants, that is, is good enough. We don't need any logical work to do for God. We just need what he wants. That's all. What does he want from us? Marcella, what does he want from us? We want to do what he wants from us. We don't need any logic. We are nothing. The sun is blowing nuclear, nuclear explosions, producing winds, strong winds. People used to think they were angels in the North Pole. When you see, if you go to Greenland and you see the thing is blowing, it's blowing white. They thought it was angels. And they found out that it's a solar wind. Wind from the sun. It's wild though. And all the planets, there's nobody there. Only here, we are here. And we can't reach those other stars. 80,000 years. 80,000 years. 80,000 years. Think of it. 80,000 years. 80,000 years. 80,000 years. It's a lot of years. years. Not 80 years. 80,000 years. So, God does not need to give us any logical say, Lord, what do you say? Lie down, lie down. Stand up, stand up. Climb a wall, climb a wall. Do a, be a Spider-Man, be a spider Anything, just that is okay. What type of logic do you, what are you? So, that is the master key to prosperity. Then God will extract the hidden riches. And say, hey, you, take and put it. Treasures of darkness. That's why God gives his treasures to, God gives his treasures to who he wants to. You know, when I was in Israel just a few days ago, oh, our time is finished. When I was in Israel a few days ago, I was looking, you know, I, I flew in on Austria air and I flew out on Swiss air. Full. Bishop Richard flew out on British air with full, big, everywhere in the world. They are the richest communities. Different languages. Some speak French, some speak German, so every language. Jews. It's like saying just Ashantis or Yorubas. These are all kinds. It's just one group. Richest. You see it in the book, How to Neutralize Curses. All their achievements are in that book. Yeah. They invented Mercedes Benz, this, that, all those things. So God will take and give to you. That's why we are poor, because we are finding our own inventions and we are doing things. God is also just watching from the stars. He's just looking at us. Look at them. They can't do anything to and look look at what they are doing. Huh? You know that some years ago, if you want to go from England to Ghana. It takes three weeks. 
on a boat. Not knowing that there was a technology that can go in six hours. And maybe there's a technology is, is going to come, it will be a 10 minute flight. Yes, 10 minutes. You sit on it, and you are there, 10 minutes. Hey! So there are things we don't know. And maybe that's what may take us nearer to some of the stars. But maybe those technologies are yet to come. We don't know much. Let us give ourselves to be obeying him. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for blessing us today. And as we come here to hear of you about the islands, ha, we thank you. Thank you. Build your church. Whatever you say, we will do it. Whatever you say. We don't need explanations. We don't need logic. We just need your will. And we'll do it. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen.